Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. <laughs> matches in the universe, and we are talking once again to one Silva. What's up, man? Hey, good evening, Logan. Good evening, wrestling fans. Happy New Year to everybody, and uh, we're back, man. And uh, this, uh, these three matches, man, there's a little confusion about the Lawler, uh, uh, Bachwinkle thing. Uh, how many matches did Lawler and Bachwinkle have? They have, they have, uh, they had a, this is the second of a three, of a trilogy that went three straight weeks in Memphis. The reason of the confusion was this wasn't shown until January 1st, 1984, but the match took place October 25th, 1982. And uh, it was quite a match, and uh, we have that one and two more. Why don't you tell them what they are? And ironically, all six wrestlers will be watching tonight in all three matches, all members of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, and six of the greatest, you could say definitely six of the top ten, top 20 wrestlers of all time. From October 25th, 1982, the aforementioned match between AWA world champion Nick Bockwinkle defending that world championship against Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis, Tennessee. Then we go to June 5th, 1992, the All-Japan World Triple Crown world champion Stan the Lariat Hansen defending the title against Toshiaki Kawada. And the final match from Japan also, September 15, 1992, Nature Boy Ric Flair defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against Genichiro Tenaru. Oh, okay. So this was uh, Ric Flair from WWF at yes. this moment. Wow, that's interesting. Um, now, when you um, this uh, promotion, though, the Japanese promotion that he was performing for was different. World Sports, who had a talent exchange with uh, agreement with the WWF. Right on. So uh, we got three great matches, man. And uh, so let's let's talk about the first one here. We got this is where um, Jerry Lawler was dreaming for the gold, right? I mean, was this was part of his campaign? Yeah, Jerry Lawler's always the the main theme for Jerry Lawler when he became the top face 
in uh, Memphis from the late 70s up until the close of the promotion was his goal, his quest to become world champion. And this is one of many matches in which they draw a great crowd and he goes for that dream of his, the world championship. And he never, does he ever achieve it ever? Yeah, one of the matches we covered here from May of 1988, May 9th, 1988, when he defeated Kurt Henning for the AWA World Championship. Oh, that's right. Yes, and uh, but I mean, it was a long road coming up before that, uh, many attempts. So uh, this one was a close one. So let's talk about it. We get into this match, and uh, we hear that uh, Bachwinkle has made fun of Jerry Lawler, has uh, d- discredited his wrestling what, ability. What I love about Nick Bachwinkle, one of the greatest promos of all time, is that he and Chris Jericho, like you had mentioned earlier, took his style and 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 used it later on in his career, where he would tell the truth by pissing off the 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 the, uh, the fans and the the babyface by pointing out something that was the truth. Jerry Lawler didn't know a headlock from a wrist lock, wrist lock, so he was making fun of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> and he was yes. a smaller, a puncher, which basically that's what Jerry Lawler was. Yeah, Jerry Lawler's kind of whole gimmick, if you kind of even look at the way he's dressed, is he's the strong man from, like, the circus. He was, like, really strong, a great brawler, great puncher, and has a lot of heart, but is not necessarily skilled in, in fighting. He's just, not going to out-wrestle you, but he'll out-brawl you, yes. He'll out-will you, and, yeah. and, he, and, he, and he has the Hulk up thing, which he does not once, usually, but he does twice, which I yeah. think is more yeah. exciting. Yeah. yes. And uh, which I thought was great because, like, the first one is pretty big. I don't know why the Hulk up thing because he, he did that before Hulk Hogan. I think the first person that did that was, uh, I think Dick DeBruza did that back in the 50s. And I know Bruno Sammartino used to do it before Lawler and Hogan. Well, it's a common babyface thing to do, uh, but uh, especially for the, the, the strong style babyfaces. And uh, he's, yeah, I mean, he's definitely no exception with that. He He does it very well. And, yeah, I mean, he did it first before Hogan. But talk about the history of Lawler. Say it again? Talk about the history of Lawler. Oh, Jerry Lawler was a was the number one heel in Memphis throughout the 70s until late, I don't know if it was 79 or 80, he broke his leg in real life, and he was out for a year. And Jimmy Hart was his manager. And so throughout that whole year, Lawler was out. Jimmy Hart was making fun of Lola. Oh, 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 baby, oh, baby. Oh, he broke his leg. Oh, wow, whoop de doo He's not coming back. We don't need Jerry Lola. So by the time Jerry Lola came back, the fans were on his side because Jimmy Hart had run him down for a whole year. And from that moment on, he became the king of Memphis. So he started out a heel. Yeah, he was a heel. For, yeah, he would feud with Jackie Fargo, who was the original king of Memphis. But he was a different kind of heel than the heel we see in uh, WWF later. Uh, yeah. That, cl- that clowny WWF, heel. He was a smart alecky, uh, wimpy heel. While in Memphis, he was, you know, he was a cocky heel, very arrogant, very, um, very funny, um, very nasty. More like Kurt Henning, maybe. Yes, 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 yes. While in the WWF, he was more of a cartoon character. So, so uh, up until this point now, this is '82. How long is he into his run? Well, as as the the number one babyface, three years. I think he started in '74, so eight years as the number one attraction in Memphis. Now let's be let's be real here. He booked himself that way, right? He owned part of the promotion. Did he he not? owned part of the promotion with Jerry Jarrett, but there'd be no Memphis without Jerry Lawler. Well, that explains that. Like 
How do you explain Flair? I mean, did he have some kind of part oh, ownership? It was rare when a guy owned a promotion. The Sheik owned Detroit, so he always pushed himself on top. Lawler was the, the owner with Jared, but he was he was he wasn't always the owner. That was a way of Jared keeping Lawler from jumping ship to another promotion. Oh, I see. I got you. And and he probably would have stayed. Uh, he. He shouldn't have moved. He was fine where he was. He's perfect. Yeah, but by him having fifty percent of Memphis of, of that territory, you mean him leaving? He's in a more draw. One time he did leave to take six months off, and he had to come back early because the gates had died. Yeah, he was probably he was the one man show propping that shit open. Now, uh, when he gets in here now with this AWA champ, now uh, he was wasn't they part of Crockett at one point or not really? It's uh, totally separate. Who? Um, the, the his 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 division there, the um, Memphis. You know about Memphis? Memphis? Yeah, Memphis. No, Memphis was always a AWA territory, and in the mid in eighty four eighty five, a conglomerate of promoters, Memphis, uh, Crockett, Watts, Georgia, got together and formed the Pro Wrestling USA, which they combined. They, they try to combine their talents to go up against McMahon in the WWF. It failed because you had too many chiefs. Absolutely. And okay, so you now have um you have this this match here, okay, with uh, AWA champion Nick Bockwinkel going up against him in his own uh, Memphis here. Um he's finally getting the, the, the chance that he's got. So you got um Bockwinkel coming in and getting some good old fashioned wrestling holds on him, doing arm locks and hammer locks and uh uh, the wrist locks on him, and 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 he keeps trying to power out of him, but like uh, he, he basically Bockwinkel displays his wrestling ability and and and, and laughs about it, and uh, eventually um, I think uh, he powers out of his uh, thing there, and he starts he, to get some he, momentum. The first ten minutes is him wrestling Lawler, but when, right. once Lawler gets once Lawler gets out of the holes, he he breaks out of a wrist lock. And turns it into a brawl. Lawler dominates the rest of the match. Yeah, Lawler. I mean, he's he's getting beat on in the beginning, and then he comes back with a um, crossbody. I mean, he throws him. He he crossbodies him. They, they really put over Lawler's strengths here uh, in this uh, match here, like over the technical ability. But they also put over the strength of Bachwinkle, which and, and they talk about these two big men. Hey, like, you know. You have these two master workers, master manipulators. So there's no way in the world it's not going to be a great match. These guys know how to work the crowd. Bachwinkle knows how to make his guy look better, and Lawler knows how to feed off the crowd and play to his strengths. And goddamn, did anybody ever throw a better work punch in the history of wrestling than Jerry Lawler? Yeah, when Jerry Lawler comes back, like, and he's it looks uh, like throwing... he's fucking you out the fuck out with that right hand. <laughs> Oh yeah, but it's weird because he kind of throws them like almost like a cartoon, but at the same time they're fast and they yeah, look but like. Yeah, but they look like they're going through you. Not, it's not, they're not falling short. I mean, no one no. threw a better work punch in the history of wrestling than Jerry Lawler. The closest one was Terry Funk. Yeah, I mean it's it's not. Uh, yeah, you really look like he is beating. I was watching him also against. Um, Andy Kaufman, and he laid it in there too. It looked like oh, he really was, killed him. One match against Jerry, uh, Andy Kaufman, where he looked like he broke his neck with a punch, but he never touched him. Right. 
but anyway, uh, so so when we talk about this match now, like he cuts to come back, right? He has his little Hulk up moment, um, and uh, there's there's basically like uh, a big fucking pop for that. But um, I think somehow I guess through an eye gouge, uh, uh, Bakwaku gets the, uh, yeah, the upper hand I, again. You're right. Yes. So so there's this, uh, and you know, Bakwinko doesn't do a lot of his stalling that he did, you know, a lot of his matches here. He he went right in on him here, and uh, so this through this match is pretty like eventful. It's not it's not a slow match by any means, which I thought a lot of Nick Bakwinko matches often. And Logan, it would depend on who his opponent was. If he fought a stiff like a Baron von Roski who couldn't move, yeah, he had no choice but to kill time. You know. Make it longer, but when he when he wrestled a seasoned worker like a Jerry Lawler, like a Rick Martel, like a like a Kurt Henning, he didn't have to do that bullshit. Yeah, now there's a ref bump here, or at least the um, oh uh, that that's not, that that's the pivotal part of the match. Lawler has Bockwinkle in the corner, and he's raking him with those great work punches. And referee Jerry Calhoun tries to break him up. He he he, he throws him out of the way twice. Finally. Oh, no, wait, wait, before that, though. Oh, the headbutt. Oh, yes, it looked like they actually banged heads. You're right, that first one. <laughs> yeah, where he throws Lawler into the ref. Lawler right into Calhoun, right. <laughs> and it's because Lawler does an eye gouge. Uh, Lawler does an eye gouge on him, and then he throws Lawler into the ref, and they knock heads, and then it's Lawler actually, I think, has a... Um, or, or, or no, Bakwe comes down with an elbow, and then the ref yeah. comes back and gets two. Uh, but then he's Bakwe goes thrown out of the ring, and then then King basically starts bouncing his head into the turnbuckle and uh, bashes his head into the table outside the ring. Yeah, yeah and the timer's table. Yeah. Then he fucking throws him back in, but he puts his foot on the rope. You know the Ric Flair move. Yeah, um, that's where fucking Bakwe gets an eye gouge, and then it rubs that. He does a great move where he rubs uh, Lawler's face on the rope, you know, across it. It's pretty He's fucking... Like rope burn, yes. Yeah, after he gives him the eye gouge. So that dude's all fucked up. Uh, and then um, he hulks up again. Um, uh, yeah, after Bachwinkle was just beating the shit out of him, he fucking hulks up one more time. And this time it's huge. The cheering is unbelievable. And that's where you see these crazy flurry of, of punches. Oh, I mean, he was just landing one shot after another. And, after and then he, he gets him in the corner, and the ref yeah. tries to pull him off. And uh, he, he, and he tosses Calhoun twice. The third time, Bockwinkle hits Calhoun, and this is great drama. Talk about great booking. Lawler finishes him off and has him for the three count, and Lawler counts to three. As soon as Lawler hits the three count, the referee rings the bell, so everybody thinks Lawler's won the title. Yeah, and the, and the ref looks like he raised Lawler's hand right after that, so I didn't get it. Like, was it the ref? Three, the referee raised his hand, so he yes. Russell's going crazy. The dream has come true. Yeah, it, it's the dream, all right. It's the dusty finish, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> and so the referee disqualifies Bachwinkle for knocking him out, and so even though Lawler wins. Bakwinkle retains the title, and they have one more match, which is a no DQ match the following week, which which sells out, which sells out fucking Mid South Coliseum. Of course, Bakwinkle holds on, wins the title, leaves 
leaves Memphis not to be seen again. I think this is his last run because he loses the title less than uh, 18 months later to Martell. And uh, Martell had a match with Lola. I got to find that. That was supposed to be a pretty good match. Yeah, man. Um, I used to like fun of him on Strike Force where he like slapped his hands and clenched his fist. <laughs> like him and Tito Santana used to have that same move. That's why they put them together, I guess. They like, you know, that like Pedro Morales move, you know, you do with yeah, your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, where, where do we? T- so let's uh, talk. So he didn't. He never got the title, but eventually he won it from Kurt Henning. But he never yeah. beat Bachwinkle. Six years later. You you well, real quickly the chronology was Bachwinkle will lose the title for a couple of months after this to uh, Otto Vons in Germany. Otto Vons loses it back to Bachwinkle. Then Bachwinkle loses the title to Jumbo Saruta. Saruta loses it to Martel, Rick Martel. Rick Martel loses it to Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen leaves for Japan, gives up the belt, so they forfeit it to Bachwinkle. Bachwinkle loses it to Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning Loses it. Who did Kurt Henning lose it to after Bachwinkle? Oh, to Jerry Lawler. We just mentioned that. Lawler gives it up because he, 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 uh, the AWA is not paying him. He gives it up. And um, Larry Sabisco wins the title. And Larry Sabisco loses to Saito. Mr. Saito. Saito loses back to Sabisco. And then the AWA folds up at 19. Yeah, and now the, you are you you are the current AWA champion, right? I mean, I think Sabisco still defends it from time to time. Hey, dude, anyone who can remember that history deserves the title. That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, next match, Big Bang. Go ahead. So let's go into this. We want to do Flair. No, we're going to do Kawada versus Hanson from. from oh the, Christ! This All shit. Japan. Yes. Now this, this is, is a fucking war. This look. The most educated feat in the history of professional wrestling is Toshiaki Kawada's feet. Those fucking kicks from anywhere, everywhere, unbelievable. Oh yeah, man. I wish he was an MMA man. He would have fucked. He would have. He would have so conned people onto the ground, like coming over him and then hit him with one of those kicks, man, and won. So uh, uh, Hanson has a belt. He's he's the champion. He's the world, he's champion, world champion of the division. All Japan world champion, triple crown world champion. Yes, sir. Yeah. So he's coming in, he's strong-arming the motherfucker right away, and he's got, like, uh, a, a pretty pretty big size advantage on Kawada. Uh, but he's, 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 he's manhandling him at first. He's slapping him, punching him, showing him that he doesn't really respect him. But then he gets a few fucking forearms into his face real fast from Kawada, and, like, he, he understands that he's in for some fight here because uh, then there's, like, some great just... Uh, hand-to-hand combat here between the two of them, and you really see this, uh, you know, you show, it shows the skill of Hanson, because he's got, like, some martial arts skills himself. I mean, let's see. Uh, he's uh, got two ham hocks for hands, too. <laughs> but he's got throwing some good blocks, um, you know, and then they go outside, and they're back in with Hanson, uh, wrenching the leg. Um, and he, he, uh, he finally just slams... Uh, Kawada, but then uh, he, he, I mean, Kawada tries to slam him off, and it basically gets he's back on the hold. So he 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 holds he he seems to be working on his leg as he knows his leg is his biggest strength. You know what I'm saying? So and one he, thing about Kawada, Kawada sold like no no one no one else could, and he sold that leg even when he would land with kicks, he would still favor his leg. But I mean, well, he, he never he never balanced on that leg to throw a kick. If you notice, he always. That was the that was the kick leg, 
But so he threw it fine, but he wouldn't balance on it because he acted like he could barely yeah, stand he, on it. He was selling the leg, something right. that's lost art in professional wrestling, except yes. guys out of Japan. Yeah, so he's selling the leg, so that's an added factor is that he's got a bum leg now that he's, you know, that Panson was smart to take out, and he's been working on it. He even hits him with that Ric Flair knee breaker on the guardrail with that yeah. on that fucking leg. Um, and he comes back to the uh, apron and gets a uh, a big kick to the head from uh, Kawada, who kind of comes back. Oh, at, oh, that was spectacular. Yes. Kawada's limping now. He's limping hard, and... Uh, Quad uh, charges, but runs into a huge fucking elbow from Hanson. Um, he's slammed and kicked to the fucking. Uh, I think he's kicked in the balls. Yes, but, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's. So they're back wrestling on 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 that leg and ankle lock and all that, and they're fucking. He's wrenching that thing. It looks like he's gonna tear it off. And then Quad punches him out and fucking uh, kicks the shit out of him. Every like Kawad is in trouble in this match. He kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> like that's, that's basically what he does. I mean, it's like, and then you got outside, he, he puts uh, fucking uh, Kawad, I mean, he puts uh, Hanson into the guardrail. Um, then, then he fucking, uh, oh, and then fucking, he gets shoulder tackled into the guardrail. Um, Yes, and fucking uh, those those tackles, man. They're like they don't really have much padding down there. They're just like ramming into that shit. So, I mean, they, they, it looks like they're connecting in most of these. <laughs> like all Japan, like we've mentioned a million times before, because we've done several all Japan matches on this program. They're told to work stiff, strong style. Put shit in there, trying to hurt the guy. So yeah, so we get uh we get basically they get um Now I saw blood on Hans's stomach. Where that shit was coming from? I don't know, man. But uh I got cut in his stomach cuz Hanson at one point was acting like like he got stabbed or some shit. <laughs> Kawada gets shoulder tackled by Hanson from the fucking uh, apron to the floor. Yes, yes. Uh yeah, but then uh, he gets then uh, I guess uh, Kawada gets a kick up when uh, when Hanson charges in again on uh, I guess and then basically we get a um, Kawada really selling the leg really fucking limping kicks Hanson in the head as he tries to come in Hanson sir I can't even Hansen, I can't even describe those kicks there was one kick Logan where he went up in the air and just kicked him in the neck I don't even know what the fuck you call that shit. <laughs> Well, there's one point where Hanson's circling around the ring trying to figure out how to come in on Kawada, and it looks like he's just, just he try, he comes in after circling like all the way around, and he still gets beat the fuck up. So I mean, it didn't really help him to do that circling. Um, Kawada almost pins uh, uh, Hanson like two times. Hanson then comes back with a, a punch to the gut and a, a snap suplex like dynamite oh, kiss stuff. Oh, that was dynamite kiss. That was like the like a three hundred pound dynamite kiss suplex. Yeah, and then Kawada blocks a big boot and then kicks the shit out of uh, Hanson in the corner. Um, Kawada almost gets the pin, and then Kawada drops an elbow off the apron onto oh, Hanson. Great, because he did it so quick. Yeah. I, I mean, you blink and you miss some stuff here. Uh, Hanson's, 
it, it, Hanson's coming at, like knocked out of the ring at this point, and I see him coming into the ring, and he's got one of those streamers coming out of his ass. Which and then also, he's bleeding. Out, he's got blood on his stomach. That's, the, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Where that fucking cut came from? Yeah, he's got like one of those Italian weddings happening from his butthole. But uh, he's uh, he keeps trying to come back with. Um, Kawada uh, keeps trying to come back with forearms, but like Hanson keeps getting the upper hand of this of this exchange. Uh, it's really tough for um, Kawada at this point. He's, he just keeps trying to come back, and 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 Hanson keeps trying to put him back down. So it's like, uh, why don't you go through what that happens toward the end of this match here? Well, the, the, what happens? I believe uh, Hanson hits him in the back of the head, and then as and then he picks up Kawada. And slaughters him with that lariat to get the one, two, three. Once he hits that lariat, it's over. You don't even have to. Yeah. And Hanson wins a spectacular match, holds on to the title. Another great match. And it, it, ironically, in the 1990s, All Japan was the best promotion on the planet because they did the strong style. But unfortunately, too many guys got hurt or died during that period. Kawada and Hanson. Are the only two from that promotion that were in, in that 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 were pushed hard that didn't suffer any ill effects after they retired. Huh, that's crazy. So so he they're uh, died early. Terry Gordy died early. Mitsuharu Masawa died in the ring. Kenta Kabashi had cancer twice. There you go. Wow. Well, that's that's all you gotta know, man. Doug now, Furnace had early Alzheimer's. Died young. All these guys that were pushed that were in these matches, except for Hanson and Kawhi. So, so now, okay, so here we are. We have one more match here. Uh, but what, you want to talk about how he lost the title? He won the title two weeks before this, or uh, Ric Flair. Hanson. Oh, well, Hanson would lose the title two months later to Mitsuharu Masawa. Right, but I'm saying, you're saying he won it from Ric Flair? No, 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 no. You want you after this match, after Hanson beats Kawada, he holds it for two more months. No, Blair's in a different promotion. Yeah, that's how I was. I I didn't understand what he said. Okay, all right. So so tell me about the 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 title. You're saying that he drops the title at this point after that. Okay, fine. So let's go to the next uh, match here. Blair uh, had won the title two weeks prior to this match for the second time, the WF title, by beating Randy Savage. And what was he cheat? Did he cheat to win? I forget. Well, what happened was, Randy. Remember in in the in the SummerSlam '92 match between Savage and Ultimate Warrior, Kurt Henning and Ric Flair attacked uh, Savage after the match was over and beat his leg, and that basically had him one legged a couple of days later when he lost the title to Ric Flair. And um, uh, Razor Ramon interfered in that match as well. And and so okay, so we have uh, Ric Flair here as the heel uh, WWF World Champion. Now this was sanctioned by WWE, um, now, but they but they acted like this thing didn't happen, right? Yeah, well, if you look at if you look at the, the 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 link I sent you, it will say on top in Japanese the only words the only letters you could see are WWF. So it's like WWF in Japanese World Champion Ric Flair versus Chinichiro Teteru. Interesting. Okay, so we got this uh, match here. These two, um, this guy, um, Tenny Roo, had they met before? 
Yeah, we covered their first match, April of 92, on the show uh, about six months ago. And this was him also as the WWE oh, champion. This was after he had lost the title to Savage the first time. Okay. So now he's coming in with the title. He's coming in the full flare fucking image. Um, he comes in. He, the first thing he does at the beginning of the match is give a woo, and he gets it back from the whole crowd. <laughs> It's amazing, man. So he's he's big in Japan, Flair. Flair is big wherever the fuck he wants to go. Flair is the man. Yeah, he's the greatest of all time by far. But uh, so we see some good grappling here. We see Flair showing his skills. Uh, he's no slouch in this stuff. And by the way, real quickly, before you recap the match, the one knock against Flair has been that he has the same match over and over again. This match looks like no other match he has. All right. No, and he still gets in his flare spots too, which is He's great. He's working you know? a totally different match. It's not the same match. It's not a formula, formula, formula type Ric Flair match. Right, but he gets his signatures there, like the flop, yeah, the fucking top rope. You know, he even throws a drop kick in this match, which he never does. <laughs> he does a lot of good stuff in this match. Now he he he. Um, he gets he gets some advantages. Um, he does, but he gets kicked um, clothesline in the corner and chopped really hard. Then he does a flare flop. But uh, Flair then gets the upper hand uh, for a while. He gets the uh, <clears throat> he gets the arm and actually tries to submit him with the arm. Um, then he gets the sleeper and he keeps screaming out, "He's out! He's out! He's out!" <laughs> um, and he, he he throws him into the ropes, gets the sleeper again. And then uh, Tenny Roo finally gets a big clothesline off the corner, um, or out of the corner. And then Flair is um, out of the ring holding his neck. And then he uh, he plays possum in the corner. And then uh, Tenny Roo uh, charges in and gets fucking kicked. Um, and then there was a chop that actually, like, uh, was fucking it the hurt. First ball where they going at each other with the devastating chops? I mean, I will, to, to me, my favorite segment of the match was when they were hitting the beat the shit out of each other with one chop and one slap after another. Yeah, it was definitely the chop wars going on here. And uh, it was, looked like Tenaru was uh, getting the better of Flair. I mean, Flair always gives it up on the chops. Like, it's funny because, like, as much as he's known for his chops, he always lets his guy, like, the people no, he depends, fights. It depends on who he's wrestling. Like, if yeah. it's Pillman in his prime, Steamboat, McDaniel, Tenaru. He'll give those guys the better, the because those guys have great chops. But if it's Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan, he won't give them the advantage. He'll have them do something else. Yeah, yeah. And so, you, so Flair, it's weird because Flair, in a lot of cases, like he plays possum in this match and then like attacks. Um, then he does his body slam spot, you know, where he gets caught. Um, and then he goes for the knee breaker, but then gets reversed in some kind of weird. Uh, I, or he, I, he, he turns. He turns. The other guy turns it into a weird suplex. Um, he gets the first throw. Uh, he gets the first fall through a pretty light-looking powerbomb. I have to say, but then that, uh, that was a bot spot. He. It was like he was worried about hurting Flair's back. That was a fucking weak-ass powerbomb. <laughs> uh, then, then Flair gets caught in a real sleeper, like a rear naked choke sleeper. Now, just explain to me quick. The rule is that, like, if you get. Uh, if you get a choke on the guy, you're not allowed to do that, right? Yeah, the I mean, is supposed to not go below the guy's chin. Yeah, which, I mean, in MMA, it's like they choke you out. You know? Yeah, they like, choke so, you out, yeah. 
And that's that's kind of what he gets on Flair. He gets the legs wrapped and everything. So he's there, he's like got, on. He's got he's got his legs wrapped in a vice, and he's got him in the sleeper hole. <laughs> yeah, he's totally like choking the fuck out of him. And uh, Flair, I, I guess he, I, what does he get the ropes? I'm I'm, I'm not sure how yeah, he gets out of it. That, that looks like an MMA move, right? That they use that today, right? Where they put your whole body in one shot like that. Yeah. So then there's a uh, it, Flair goes for that long suplex. Um, and then he almost gets the pin. There's a chop war. And then uh, he gets that eye poke on him. Uh, this classic dirty player game for Flair. And uh, then he goes for the knee breaker. And that, that turns into a fucking uh, suplex. He doesn't quite get it. Uh, so they're they're really building up this fucking uh, figure four leg lock, you know, that it's coming and that uh, well, Flair's... There was the master at breaking your body part down so he could eventually put the hold on. Tenyru goes for the fucking figure four and uh, ends up, like, um, getting kicked off. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> he he gets a um, there's a big fight. He finally gets the um, figure four, and he gets the second fall through that you know, because Tenyru passes out from the pain. Passes out, yeah. And then you get Flair um, trying to put the figure four on, but then Tenyru gets some weird heel hook on him and starts trying to submit him while he's in the figure four, which that is was, awesome. That was just classic back and forth. That's just classic strategy. It was like these guys are trying to outmaneuver the other guy. Yeah, and it's a it's a classic stuff here because they're like um, going back and forth. Like Flair reestablishes the figure four, but then Tenryu like gets that heel hook back on, and they go back and forth with that for a while. And so it's it's just kind of a um, a a. Um, it, it, it's just a back and forth with this uh, this little this one move that's getting over huge with the crowd, you know. Like I don't know if this would go over with an American crowd, but I mean, maybe in in, in the Crockett territory it would because the the, the move is over big. But uh, it, they did something here that I hadn't seen done with it. You know, it was just like with a guy getting a heel hook on it, um, and that's where Flair almost passes out, <laughs> and uh, and then he goes for the figure four again, but then gets rolled up. Um, and um, he, he, but he doesn't, he doesn't get the pin. Um, he does another fucking flare flop. Um, and then uh, Tenny goes to the top. Flare hits his leg and knocks him right off to the mm. floor. And then he clips his leg. Uh, and then he gets the um, Tenny leg on the rope and fucking sits on it, you know, working him up for the figure four. Another knee breaker. He goes top, uh, and then he's, um, he starts showboating outside and then gets kicked in the head and clotheslines to the floor. And then he tries to lift Flair back in the ring, but he can't. Oh, and- what I love about this, great ending now. It's a, it's, 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 it's a bullshit ending for the fans because of the double countout, but I love how they booked it. Flair's dead weight, so Tedro's having a hard time picking up Flair because if you're dead weight, you hard to pick him up. By the time you get him in the ring, the referee counted 10. Yeah, it's a great double countout victory. You got uh, Flair in there, like, uh, you know, both of them look good. So, nobody, I guess they had to do that fucking finish. I mean, that's just the way it is. Oh, look, Flair's the champion. They're not going to have Teneru go over and win the title because Flair's got to bring it back to the United States. Teneru is the face and the owner of this promotion. So they got to come up with some type of way where they both come out looking good. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, uh, that's it, man. I guess we got these matches under. We're about to get off the air here, so uh, we'll be back uh, next with some more matches, man. Thanks again, man. All right. Talk to you next week, big man. Good night. All right. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 